you're in a good place now. You are listening to Perspectives with Ashley Burgess. Welcome back live to Live Your True Life Perspectives, and I'm your host, Ashley Burgess. On today, we're talking with Adam Swain Ferguson. He's a producer and a children's book author, and he's recently written the book Love Without Wings, an adoption fairy tale. And this book is really quite amazing, actually, and I think that a lot of people are really going to connect with it and really find it to be just really heartfelt. And for anybody out there who is unable to have a child of their own, I think will be able to really connect with this book and understand the value of this book and what it brings forth. Because Love Without Wings is a really is a really happy, healthy story um, about you know folks that want children. And someone that's able to provide that. And also in the same process, all the things that they had to go through to get there. So we'll be talking about that today. Joining me live here in the radio on Live Your True Life Perspectives is Adam Swain Ferguson. Adam, great to have you. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I love your book, by the way. I love the illustrations, and those were done by Veronica Stanley Hooper. These are great illustrations, great content. You know, so let, let me ask you the first question. You know, what was, you know, first off, what was the intent uh, behind publishing Love Without Wings? And then we'll go into the content of the book. You know, there were a couple of different intentions for it, but the first and foremost was it's a love letter to my son. You know, he is such an important part of my life, and I love him so much. And I knew from day one that I wanted to be open with him about his own adoption story because I never wanted him to have a single doubt as to who he was or where he came from. So with that in mind, I started telling him a fairy tale every night, uh, something that I'd kind of come up with piece by piece. Things would change. And eventually I got it to the point that I thought that, you know, this story is serving me and my family but I think that it has the ability to serve other families as well who are kind of going through the same thing. So I, I wrote it down and then connected with an illustrator. And so now the intent of the book is to really connect with other families and not just adoptive families, but also, you know, there, I think that this can serve children and families who are not adoptive because it will give them the ability to understand a little bit more about the adoption process and for children particularly to understand a little bit more about their adopted peers it can foster empathy understanding and hopefully you know break down some stigmas or prevent bullying which i think is really important I, I love that, and I agree with you. And adoption is is such a it's such an interesting topic. And and I have several friends of mine and family members and clients who have been adopted, and it's like trying to you know kind of bridge the gap there, but also you know realizing the value of that because I think that society hasn't really recognized that because when somebody can't have a child, the idea of adoption or the idea of a surrogacy or whatever is so valuable, and I think that it's really underestimated. Absolutely, definitely. You know, adoptive families go through so much more and overcome so many obstacles just to be families in the first place. And so that's something that really needs to be recognized and kind of honored. I agree with you. And I also like the idea of there's so many people in the, on this planet that want to have children, you know, whether it's a man and a female, whether it's a man and a man, a female and a female, whatever the situation, a single mom, a single dad, you know, wanting to have a child and being able to have that and being able to say, hey, you know, there are opportunities for that. And I love the book. So let's start in because um, I like the part where you have the alchemist and, and talking about the different spells and the potions and the charms and the enchantments. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? 
Yeah, everything was kind of a metaphor. So, you know, before our son was born, um, we had pursued the idea of surrogacy. And that's something that we're still looking at in the future. But how do you explain that to a child? So like, instead of like, you know, test tubes and all the accoutrements that come with IVF, it just turned into spells, potions and charms. I just thought that that's uh, definitely a better metaphor for what we were going through. And I mean, among other things, we were trying for two years actively to adopt. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of have to find tactful ways to, to, to explain that in a way that children are going to understand. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that the way that children can understand and really relate to the book and and I think you know for us adults we love it because we can kind of we you know we see that um, and and understand where you're coming from you know I also love the part um, you know of of the birth mother in this book and 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 tell me a little bit is this is this really direct um, from your actual situation or tell me a little bit more about you know because I love the uh, illustrations with the birth mother and you know her having the wings and what have <laughs> you I find that very cool. Yeah, so we are very, very lucky. We became incredibly close with our son's birth mother. We still talk to her all the time. We still want to be a part of her life. We've adopted her in, a, in our own way. As, uh, she's still family to us. And so in the book, I kind of wanted to reflect that because, you know, I, I always want to honor her as well. And so, I mean, the characters, even the kings in the book, look like me and my husband. It's, and so we wanted the fairy to look just like his birth mom. And I think it uh, Veronica did a really good job of doing that. So, and also kind of highlighting how we all look, we can all look a little bit different, you know, and we're still a family, right? Mm -hmm. No, I like that. Every, it's still a family. You know, we don't have to look the same. We're still a family. I, I really like that concept too. Um, and, and that's what I, I think it's, it's very responsible in the way that you tell the tale. And, I like the you know the fact of the couple and the two kings that have begun their quest and you know following that shooting star path and how you travel and 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 I like that concept and I like it being you know it's very real um, but it's also it, it's kind of fairy ish too which I really like. Yeah, and particularly with the travel, you know, especially with the adoption, you've got to have a go bag and you have to be ready at a moment's notice when uh, when the biological mother is giving birth, you have, you have to be ready to go. And so we had this idea of what our son's due date was going to be. And we had our suitcase, our suitcases packed two weeks in advance. And then one day, I'll never forget, um, I get a call from her and she's like, look, I am going to the hospital now. She's like, I am ready. You guys need to get to Nevada. And so we live in California and we had to hit the road immediately. And we really did cross like uh, meadows, mountains and rivers, like they say in the book, just to get to northern Nevada where our son was being born. But a lot of people will go so much farther. You know, it can happen across the country. And in some cases for other families, you know, it can happen in other countries. So it's definitely not... It's definitely a journey and not just metaphorical, but also very physical often. Mm, I like that idea. Yeah, it's, a, it's a very physical journey at the same time, metaphorically, at the same time, emotional journey. You know, tell me more about that emotional journey that you went through in this process. Oh, God, how much time do we have? Um, <laughs> that, that, that emotional journey, it, you know, I, I would say that adoption is definitely not for the faint of heart. You have to have a lot of emotional bandwidth because we waited for nearly two years before we were finally matched with, you know, our, our son 
or who would be our son. And there were moments that I just wanted to give up. Kevin and I both wanted to give up. We wanted to quit. We thought, you know, this just isn't going to happen for us. We had been waiting for so long. And you start to doubt yourself a little bit and think, well, why not me? Why are these other people being selected, but, but not us? What's different about our family? And you have to really be able to put that out of your mind because it is definitely an emotional roller coaster. And I'll say there are definitely more downs than ups. But at the at the end of it, you've got this incredible reward, this love that you really can't <laughs> can't verbal, verbally describe. And you know, at that end of the two year journey, th th there he was, and every single tear shed, every heartache just melted away in an instant. And my adoption agency told me regularly, they're like, "What's meant to be will be. The child that's meant to be yours will be yours." And I did not agree. I thought, what a cliche. I'm like, I'm so tired of hearing this. And now I couldn't agree with them more. Now I'm like, okay, they, they, they were right. They knew what they were talking about. <laughs> so um, it, it was all kind of crazy. And I'm just so happy that it turned out the way that it did because we had been potentially I potentially matched two or three times before and each time something came up either the birth mother chose another family one uh, birth mother who we were prospectively going to be matched with not only like disappeared off the face of the earth from us but also the agency and no one's ever heard from her again and you know I, I have something to say about that I respect any any biological parent who wants to be a parent that is their choice i respect that and if that's what they want to do i'm all for it but at the same time you've got other people who are hanging on on the other side emotionally and it just disappears kind of hard but definitely telling them and you know putting their mind at ease and letting them kind of deal with that grief and then start over i think it's really really important um but Again, that, that's in the past, and now we've got this beautiful, amazing toddler. <laughs> He's not a baby anymore. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the journey in a nutshell. <laughs> that's amazing. And, and and for anybody out there that's going through this process, you know, I'm sure that it is just, it's painful. I mean, you know, and, and you're right. It's, you know, going through that process, Adam, and then having things change and somebody, you know, and, and you're right, they have the right to have their child, but, you know, to ghost or to, to you know, to run away and you don't have any answers. And there you are left just kind of standing there, you know, what happened? What are we going to do next? And that can be really super, super overwhelming and, and super sad. And so then eventually you, you, you meet this birth mother and y'all hit it out. Did you, did you instantaneously know that this was, she was the one? Uh, no, we didn't, but we, uh, we got a call one day in April. They're like, Hey, we've got this birth mother who we think, uh, would, I think it's the perfect fit. Can you meet her? And we did, we met on, uh, over FaceTime that afternoon. And, you know, you always want to put your, your best face on. You want to, you want to try to impress. And I, I actually learned over the course course of two years that just being yourself you, you just have to be yourself don't try to impress because they'll end up the biological parents will end up respecting you more for that and we we connected and we got a call the next day that she had chosen us but then the real anxiety sets in because he wasn't due for another two months so it's like walking on eggshells it's like saying or doing the right or the wrong thing and hoping that you know she doesn't change her mind but being able to respect her decision if she does change her mind all the way so it was just two months of she of complete and total anxiety <laughs> until he was born but it wasn't until the hospital that 
we really connected with her and just absolutely fell in love with her as a person. And, you know, she told us that she had thought about leaving the hospital and um, just kind of going about her life. And she's like, but you know what? I'm glad I didn't because you and your husband were just so loving and I felt this connection to you then. So it doesn't have to be instantaneous. Yeah, that's good. So, and I also think too, and and that's something too. I also think that instantaneous doesn't always mean truth. I think sometimes we have to take time in any relationship to really gain knowledge as to what's going on. One hundred percent. I I couldn't agree more. And especially with this kind of relationship, it's like they are giving you the greatest gift. So there has to be a trust there. Mm-hmm. So. I, I think that we were, it took time to build that trust. And, but you know, there's, can't look back now. She's just such an important part of our lives as well as our son. I totally agree with that, Adam. Adam will be back here in just a moment. We're going to be talking more about this amazing book, Love Without Wings and Adoption Fairy Tale, and just more about the book and more of the reasons behind it, you know, the market for it, and, and more of that, the objectives of the book, too, because I think it's really important for, you know, you to understand that, but also for anybody that's gone through this, who understands the impact of this and the pain that it goes through to try to get where they need to go to get this child will really resonate. If you're a person that's wanting to have a child, wanting to adopt, this will really connect with you, or if you have a family member or friend who's going through this too this will be something that you can share with them to give them inspiration and hope as well so stay tuned we have much more coming on so don't change the channel we got a lot more to talk about it stay tuned live your true life perspectives with me your host ashley burgess will be back in well you know it i'll be back this time in two shakes Turn it up and jump in the deep end on Perspectives. Now, here's Ashley. Welcome back live to Live Your True Life Perspectives, and I'm your host, Ashley Burgess. On today's show, I'm talking to Adam. Adam is a producer and a children's book author, and he has this new book out, Love Without Wings, an adoption fairy tale. You know, Adam, before the break, we were talking, you know, about the book and and really connecting, you know, with anybody that's really going through this process. Let me ask you, um, you know, do you have any future objectives for this exact book absolutely so one of the things when i uh, set out to write love without wings i i wrote it specifically um in a way that if you wanted to you could easily just swap out some of the pronouns and the illustrations and you could have the same story but with different characters because what's really important to me is you know there's all sorts of different types of family structures and i think that children should really be able to see themselves in the literature they consume so i wrote it in a way that two kings could easily become two queens uh with a little princess or prince or it could be a king and a queen and a little prince or princess not just that but you've got single parents as well so a, a king a queen raising a child on their own so when I set out to write it, I wanted to do it in a way that it could be easily adapted and, you know, children could see themselves because, you know, right now the character is just like, they're, they're two white guys. It's me and my husband, but that's what we look like. But I want to be able to make it more diverse for, you know, the other families that are going to be reading this book. And, you know, it's not, there's so many other stories to tell that we just don't have enough time to get into, unfortunately, but there's other adoption stories. There's, foster care, there's familial adoption. I think that this book really just scratches the surface of a bunch of stories that really need to be told. 
I do too. I, I love where you're going with that. I think that makes a lot of sense because it's it's about connecting and we all want to feel connected and we all want to feel, you know, many of us have different paths, different lives. And sometimes it can be hard because we feel like we're, you know, we're just out there on our own and, you know, and nobody resembles us and we have no connection. And so I agree with you, like being able to have that if they're, you know, two women adopting, you know, two men adopting, you know, African-American, whatever it looks like. And having that, I think, could really bridge the gap and also make, you know, kids feel more secure and comfortable as well. Absolutely. Let me ask you another question, too. Do you, are you currently working on anything else right now? Just because I, we're going to deep dive into the book here in, in our next segment. But are you currently working on anything new right now? There's three or four books that, I've, that I'm actually kind of um, fleshing out right now. But the two that come to mind first are my husband and I are now in the process of surrogacy. Um, so I kind of want to write not directly a sequel, but kind of an IVF fairy tale where the kings maybe go back to the fairy for some more fairy dust. And again, in a beautiful kind of metaphorical way, tell the story of in vitro fertilization. So that's one that I am working on, um, particularly because we are smack dab in the middle of the process right now. And another book that I really, really um, want to work on is um, dealing with grief. Um, because that's that's something that unfortunately our our son had to experience just firsthand this last December with the you know the loss of my husband's mother, his grandmother. So being able to explain a grief in a way to a small child, and I've got a couple of ideas of how I want to tell that story. But uh, those are the two that are kind of at the forefront right now. Very cool, and I like that because all these things are very important to talk about. All these subject matters, and I I, I bet you would be very good at telling these stories as well. So when we return, Adam is going to actually we're going to walk through a lot of the book and really, you know, get really acquainted with it um, because this is really, really a really great book that's really going to inspire and I think and comfort many people. Um, we're going to talk about the inspiration of that as well, um, you know, because there's always an inspiration behind great books. And so we want to know the we want to know that inspiration. So definitely stay with us. Also, you can be able to get the information on where to find Adam and where to find the book as well. So stay with us because you will also provide those informations and social media media links as well um, but in the meantime you know if this is a book that you might might encourage you to also maybe step forward too if you've been thinking about adoption or thinking about you know uh, surrogacy and I know that many of us have been this might actually push you ahead to, to actually follow that dream to do that and not be so scared and know that other people have done it successfully so stay tuned we have a lot more for you Adam will you join me here in the third segment live your true life perspectives with me your host Ashley Burgess will be back in I'll be back this time in two shakes Jake Busey, and you're listening to Perspectives with Ashley Burgess. Welcome back live to Live Your True Life Perspectives, and I'm your host, Ashley Burgess. On today's show, we've been talking with Adam, and Adam is the writer of Love Without Wings, an adoption fairy tale. You know, Adam, we were talking on the break, and I really like uh, the part where um, the two, uh, you know, the, the you know the you two that you know are are actually looking the two kings are looking out at the night sky and you can see that and it's a very inspirational you have the stars and what have you tell me more about you know what that's telling me because I, I feel like there's a lot more deep um, intent in that as well. Oh my goodness! So yeah, uh, Veronica, my illustrator, and I are both big fans of Easter eggs, and this was one of my favorite images for us to work on. 
because it's kind of hard to tell, but the night sky background is actually a star chart um, of the time and place and date that my son was born. So it was kind of a way to a little tribute to him. And I put that in a few different pages in the book, but it just kind of, you know, showcases either, you know, they've been, they've been trying all these spells, potions and charms, but now they're, they're, they're they've just taken to wishing on stars. It's, it's a whole different kind of hope because, and it kind of reflects that there is such a thing, I think in adoption, I think that you can try too hard. You can want something too much to the point that it pushes it away. And I think wishing and you know just like looking to the stuff looking to the sky and the stars and just having hope is really important so that's kind of what i wanted to come through in this image it really does actually come through in this image too and i love the concept that it's the star chart that's so great i mean that is it's kind of like you know like this it's it's great it's like an easter egg you're right um i really i really <laughs> think that's awesome and then and then i like the part here you know where you know she you know there she is laying um with her wings and you can see her pregnant um, and that really seems to show, like, you know, how much y'all envision her, you know, as being this goddess that had your child. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is the text says um, that the fairy had been wishing for a perfect family for the baby boy growing inside her belly and that they'd been wishing on the same exact star at the same exact time. And that is so true to our experience as well. So while we're wait waiting and wishing, and hoping for, you know, a call that says, you know, you've been matched. And she was also wishing for a perfect family. Um, my son's birth mother and I had this conversation, you know, she had actually picked someone else before us, a, a few months before us. And that it, it was a single person, but it, it fell through. She's like, it just didn't feel right. And she was worried after, you know, they terminated that connection she was worried, well, what if I don't find a family in time and I want someone perfect for my child? And so she was wishing with all her heart too. And so, you know, we both were wishing at the same exact time. <laughs> That's awesome. So both, both of you, both of you are, all three of you are wishing at one time. Um, and so this kind of mm -hmm. converges. And then you see, um, I like this scene where you have like the fox. Um, and is the, the, does the fox, um, is that, does, is that, um, you know, does that mean anything? Or tell me, I'm just asking. The, you know, fox. <laughs> <laughs> the fox isn't really symbolic of anything. Okay. Um, it, 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 he isn't, he isn't. So uh, my brand is Purple Fox Entertainment, right? And obviously this fox isn't purple because I wanted to make it a little bit of real, a little bit realistic of <laughs> a fairy tale, right? But um, when my son was born, his room started filling up with, and I don't know why, but it started filling up with foxes. I got him fox pajamas it, it's i've got him he's got like four stuffed foxes and so he's my little fox and so it wasn't really so much a symbolism symbolism as it was it's just like a little a, a, another little nod to him and so the fox is kind of like my where's waldo kind of thing because you see him in a couple of different pages hiding mm-hmm yeah, I like the fox. I like it. And I like that scene where, you know, you, you, the two kings are out there. Meanwhile, the two kings have begun their quest following the shooting star's path. The couple travels across the meadows, mountains, and rivers until they're eventually approaching the edge of a vast enchanted forest. I love that. I like that scene. And I like the, I, I like how that kind of flows into, and it's also that journey that you two are on. Absolutely. And that was very much part of our physical journey. You know, it was... 
you know, we had the emotional journey. And then once we came to the very end of that, then we had to, you know, drive for seven and a half hours just to, just to meet him for the first time. <laughs> I love that. And I, and I love, you know, trudging into the darkness and the depths of the woods. And, and I like that too, because also don't, I feel like that's kind of like, you know, the, the, the dark night of the soul, you know what I mean? I think that that also is part of it too. 100%. Oh my goodness. So different states work different ways. They have different laws. And so from the time that um, our son was born, there's a 72 hour period in which anything can go wrong. Like until the ink is wet, 72 hour waiting period before we could bring him home with us. We could sit in the nursery with him every single night. We could rock him to sleep. We could be there, but we couldn't take him from the nursery. We couldn't take him home with us. We had to stay there in the hospital. And so that's kind of like trudging through the densest and darkest woods because you know, I talked about the anxiety of the two months before he was born. Well, those next three days was just amplified. <laughs> mm -hmm. I can see that. I mean, because it's just you're waiting and waiting. And it's like anytime we've ever waited, anybody that's listening to the show right now and, and catching it, whether you're catching it on live radio, the national radio show, the syndicated show, or catching it on podcast, you know, it's it's anybody that's gone through anything like that where you're waiting and waiting and anticipating and praying and hoping, um, you know, that, that it's like every single minute seems like a day. It, it does. And the thing about it is within that time period, if something changes, you have to start all over. There's, there's really no recourse. It's really going back and waiting for another match. And that unfortunately does happen sometimes. So you kind of have to steal yourself. Like you want to just, you're, I mean, when your, your child is born, you're overcome with love, but then there's also this fear of, well, what if this, all this love that I'm just pouring out, what if, what if, what if something changes, right? So, I mean, very, very fortunately for us, it, everything ended up working out, but it, it's, it's very intense. And my heart really does go out to the families who have been in that situation where something can change at the last minute. Again, like I said, I have the utmost respect for any biological parent who wants to be a parent. I, I think that's commendable and I honor them. But on the other side of that, there's someone who's going to have their heart broken too. And and I agree with that. And it's, it's a process that everybody has to go through. And you don't know what's going to happen. And you just hope that it works out. And, and, you know, for anybody out there that's gone through it and it hasn't worked out or you had to go through these trials and tribulations, I mean, you know, our heart goes out to you because it's it's very stressful and it's something that you want and desire and you know, you hope for the best, you know, the next, the next, the next scene that I like in this book is where, you know, it's you three and the baby and she's holding the baby and y'all are all kind of like standing around the baby. And I, I really like that. I mean, did, I'm, I'm assuming that really happened too. I mean, so that's kind of like a real scene yeah. from real life. It, 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 it sort it sort of happened that way. So we were outside his room the moment that he was born and we were the first to hold him. Um, our son's biological mother, unfortunately, um, she she wanted to wait a little while before before holding him because I mean she'd just given birth and she wanted us to bond. So that was really really awesome of her. But that's kind of a few days later where the three of us sat together in the nursery and we and we held him together. This was actually the very first illustration that was completed in the book with Veronica. I did a bunch of. <laughs> she's an experienced illustrator and I'm a first time author. 
And I'm just doing things backwards. Like I wanted the cover first. And then we did this image to me first in the book, because to me, it was going to be the most important. And something that's kind of symbolic is if you'll notice the first half of the book, when you're going through it, you see all the darkness and the stars. But the page right before this one, you see the darkness start to separate and the light come in. And then from this moment in the book, everything is filled with light. So we changed the color palette right here in the book. Because for the kings and for ourselves, you know, our light just, our, our lives just lit up in that moment. And so this was a very special illustration for me because it was the moment that I became a daddy. And I also wanted to complete because this was done right before my son's first birthday. And we had uh, his biological mom come out and visit us for his first birthday. And so I had this printed before it was ever part of the book. I had this printed and framed and I gave that to her as a gift. So something for her to also, you know, remember it by. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. And, and that, that really connects y'all too. And then, you know, besides the fact that you, you know, the child and, you know, the connection, but just really, I mean, the story itself is just, it's magical. And, you know, I, and I, I like, you know, when, when y'all, you know, take the child home, um, I, I like that scene as well. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. That, that, that was, a, that was a very special scene. And, you know, one of my favorites is actually right after this, where you see the fairy, you know, kissing the forehead of the baby and she sprinkles fairy dust in her hair and just kind of acknowledges and honors that, you know, even though they might not be together, even if they live in different worlds, that there is always still going to be this connection and this love for him. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that I always wanted him to know. Again, my first intention with this book was it to be a, was it for it to be a love letter to, a love letter to my son and to be able to explain to him as a small child adoption in a way that he would understand. And so this is my way of saying that you know what even though the two of you aren't together, she still loves you and fortunately she's still a part of our lives. That's not always um an opportunity that families have. We're really lucky, but you know, for those families, there, there always will be that love. If there wasn't love, that child probably would not have been placed with, with that family because she, that birth mother is making a sacrifice and out of love for her child, placing with someone that she knows that she can trust. So there's always going to be love there. I agree with that. I agree with that. That's amazing. Tell me a little bit more about the other king, Kevin. Tell me a little bit more about him. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, my husband, well, yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> it's funny, we are kind of, we're very opposite. Um, Kevin is not as, I, I consider myself a creative one. Kevin is definitely the more logical one. He keeps me tethered down to earth when I've got like these big ideas and all these things, these things that I want to do. But the most important thing is, is he is incredibly supportive. He's more logical, methodical. He's also incredibly laid back. But when I get into one of my modes where I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to write a book. He's like, you know what? Go for it. I'll support you 100%. Um, but he's practical about it too. <laughs> um, a couple of years ago when I was in, uh, when I was in film school, cause that was what my background was, uh, I wanted to make a movie and he's like, okay, he's like, I'll, I'll support you. He even took on a few extra roles in it. So he's amazing. Uh, he might not be creative, but he is definitely, you know, the, my biggest fan and the biggest support system that I could ever want. 
That's awesome. That's perfect. You know, it's great that y'all, y'all can, you do, you know, each person does great things and you're not stepping on each other's toes and, you know, <laughs> you know, both people bring things to the table. Um, and so tell me a little bit more about, um, you know, your background. Cause I know that you, you are a producer. Tell me, tell us a little bit more about that. Cause this seems to be, you know, totally, you know, totally up your alley, you know, creating this type of content and, and making, you know, really creative material like this. Well, you know, I've always considered myself a creative, but it wasn't until my mid-30s that I actually completely threw away everything else that I was doing in life and decided to go back to film school to be a producer. Originally, I worked in, um, you know, administration, property management, and real estate. Then when we moved to Los Angeles, I, I wasn't someone who wanted to go be an actor. I decided I wanted to be a producer and a director. And I just thought how fun it would be to create these stories. So I went back to film school. I uh, got my bachelor's in entertainment business. Then I went and got my master's in producing because I wanted to be able to tell stories, whether it's through film or book. And I think they they kind of lend themselves to each other. Um, but the past couple of years, I've been working for a company called Expedition. And they are a media production agency. They And they tell all these incredible stories. And I'm so proud to be not just be a part of them and the stories they're telling, but they've also been incredibly supportive of me. And I am so grateful when I was talking about my book, they were the first people to raise their hands and say, what can we do to support you? They encourage the creativity in their other people and don't see it as any kind of a competition. They foster that. And that is just truly amazing. So yeah, I've been working as a producer for the last couple of years. And then I just decided, you know what, I've got this story to tell. And I decided to write my book. But my background as a producer also kind of lends um, something to the book as well. Because now I'm taking these illustrations, and I'm in the process of producing a video book that's going to have voiceover, it's got an original score. And it's going to be this animated read aloud video book and in a lot of printings of the book now um, there's a qr code in the back where if you scan it you can start to see the process I, the video book is not complete that'll be a couple of months from now but you can see kind of where we are so it's really kind of cool to see these images actually come to life and start to move with music and voices and that's really exciting to me but i don't think i could have done that if i wasn't a producer that's awesome. That's great. And I ha you have that creative background and, and that's what makes us so good. So we have a lot more to talk about though. So don't change the channel. When we get back, Adam and I are going to discuss a couple of golden nuggets that he wants to share with the Liver True Life, um, you know, uh, listeners to make sure something that, you know, is really from the heart and something that really matters to him, you know, separate from what we've been talking about today, as well as how to connect with him and how to be able to find the book because that is going to be very important. So stay tuned. We'll be giving the golden nuggets here in a bit. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, it's really interesting. I mean, this is this is inspirational. It's, it's about bringing family together. You know, it's about connecting the dots. So stay tuned. Live your true life perspectives with me. Your host, Ashley Burgess, will be back in. I'll be back this time and two shakes. Get in here. You're listening to Perspectives with Ashley Burgess. Welcome back live to Live Your True Life Perspectives, and I'm your host, Ashley Burgess. 
On today's show, Adam and I have been talking about his latest book, Love Without Wings, an adoption fairy tale. And, you know, at this point in the show, and if anybody's been listening to the show for a long time and caught up with this series of authors, you know that this is the time we're going to ask about Adam's golden nuggets. So, Adam, a couple of nuggets of wisdom that you'd like to share with the Live Your True Life listeners. Okay, well, I definitely have two. I've got one for adoptive families and then also one for aspiring authors. But first and foremost, um, for adoptive families, something I've said over and over is to hold on to hope because it really only takes a moment for, for your world to change. Please don't let yourself burn out because it is a journey and you are going to need all of that bandwidth. And most importantly with that, that loving commitment is what makes a family. And then, you know, for aspiring authors, I think that it's really important for them to realize everyone has a story within them. Anyone can write a children's book. They just have to reach inside themselves and pull out that story. You know, my mom just published her first children's book at around the same time that this one came out, actually. I helped her produce it. And she and it was for her 60th birthday. But it's something that and also illustrated by Veronica, who's become a very near and dear friend. Um, so I've got to give her a shout out for that. But it's never too late to really be able to tell your own story. We just got to look for the inspiration. You know, with with me, the inspiration came from my son. I also am a big fan of like Celtic lore. And then I would listen to Tori Amos songs for hours and hours as I would sit there and I would write. And, I'd, and these are songs that I would sing to him when, he, when I was rocking him to sleep. So you just really need to put yourself in that mindset and you can pull a great story that, from within. You can pull it out and put it on the paper, but you just need to reach within yourself and put surround yourself with inspiration, things that inspire you like I did. And you can be able to tell a special story. I love that. And I love that inspiration for writers as well. That's amazing because many of you out there want to write a book, thinking about writing the book, thinking about doing it. Well, you know, time is of the essence and you can do it. Um, Adam, where do we find uh, more information about you and, and how do we find information on the book? Well, um, the book is, of course, it's available on Amazon, <laughs> but you can also uh, find out more about me and the book on my website, uh, which is purplefoxentertainment.com. I'm all over social media. You can find me at Adam Swain Ferguson. Just look up uh, Fergus, F-E-R-G-U-S, ad, A-D, 8-5. You'll be able to find me on Instagram that way or purplefoxent is where you can find my company on Instagram. And you know, special thing about Purple Fox Entertainment's Instagram is right now, as we're completing these animations that I just discussed earlier, we're posting them there as uh, little video teasers. So you can also kind of watch the story literally come to life. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah, and, and, I, and I like that ability too, because it can come to life and it's just, it's, I like that. What was the, what was kind of the idea behind that? Did you, you know, how did you come up with that? I just wanted to do something that could set us apart. You know, Veronica did this amazing thing. She created this entire world for us to play in and create more stories in. And I'm like, well, why stop at a book? And you know what? You see people doing audiobooks. I see people doing read aloud books all the time on like YouTube, but I hadn't really seen anything to the effect that they're animated and have original music and voiceover. And, you know, I just happened to 
have been producing for a while and i knew a composer who's actually a really good friend of my mom's their their name is sleeps under beans they write their own original music and i said hey can i get a favor and so it just all sort of happened organically it wasn't something that i where i wrote the book i expected to do but it just kind of evolved naturally so i'm very excited about you know this book this video book and being able to do it in the future, not just for myself, but for other aspiring authors and writers. That's awesome. Adam, it is great having you on the show. I'm so glad that you were able to come on Live Your True Life Perspectives. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Ashley. It's been such a delight, and uh, I, I, I'm just so appreciative of the experience and to be able to sit here and talk with you for a while. Thank you. I'm so glad to have you on, Adam. I look forward to having you on in the future with your future endeavors and projects, so definitely looking forward to that. And uh, in the meantime, for everybody that's been catching the show, I hope that this has inspired you to to do what you need to do. If you were wanting to make that move and make that happen, you know, you can be successful. It can work. And sometimes we have to just take a risk and put ourselves out there uh, to get some of the biggest things that we want in life and just say, okay, I'm going to go through this. And I think Adam is, you know, Adam and his, and his husband have shown us that they were successful and together all three of them are successful. And so other people can be successful as well. If you're an interested writer, you know, writing could be very uh, helpful for you and also your voice will help other people as well to some degree so hopefully anybody that's listened to this is inspired in the meantime we have another show coming up for you next week and live your true life perspectives with me your host ashley burgess will be back in i'll be back this time i'll be back this time in three shakes Bye.